and welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Now that you got this way, I can tell you straight up, you know where to find us. We just told you where to find us. Don't ask me to do it again. Rewind about 15 seconds. You'll hear it all over again. This is the Pride of Detroit PODcast. You can find it and download it through Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, a.k.a. iTunes, iHeartRadio. Those are the wonderful places you can find it and many more across the entire internet. We're getting in here and reactions are already flooding in as this Lions game has left people very, very sour. I'm going to break it down for you. Maybe find some funny sides, take your questions, uh, angry Stafford, all the rest. I am Chris Perfett, the adequate host, almost perfect, at Chris Perfett on Twitter, P-E-R-F-E-T-T. And I'm going to bring in the rest of the crew here. First off, for my good friend, give it up, genuflect and goose step for your fearless leader, Jeremy Reisman at Pride at, at Detroit Online. At Pride to Detroit too. He's usually tweeting from there too. How's it going, Jeremy? It's going okay. I have to say I'm a little bit uncomfortable every time you mention goose stepping in my intro. Why is that? I do not like that. Okay. Goose stepping is not <laughs> Not You're, it's it's what fearless leader does. By good people. Yeah, yeah, I know. Neither are neither are dear fearless leader, moose and squirrel. Oh. No, I got you. Do you remember that? Rocking Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, come on, okay. Come on. give me some credit here. All right, and back once again, bringing in our third man, Ryan Matthews. Back is the rock At Ryan underscore P O D. Ryan's back. How's it going? What's up? Football is on today. Let's talk about it. Was it was on today. Uh, I think people would probably, Lions fans in Detroit, probably wish that it didn't come on, that we were still on by. But here we are. Everything kind of is burning again. And we're going to talk about it. There's some positives. There's some not so positives. I did promise a uh, Why You Lion this week. And unfortunately, my work schedule's picked up, so it's not totally finished. Uh, might be able to finish it before the end, but if not, get your mailbag questions in. Hashtag Ask P-O-D. We'll be interacting live with our Twitch chat on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit every Sunday at 8 p.m. following a Lions game, unless it's like a Monday night game or a Sunday, unless, unless it's a primetime game, pretty much. But, Jeremy, Ryan, let's get into it. So last week was a story that the Lions are far too familiar with when it comes to getting hosed by the officiating. And already you could tell off the bat, Lions fans are going to be pretty chipper and have some and a chip, chip chipper is not the right word, chippy, chippy, I would say, booing the officiating crowd before they took the field. But it's not officiating. That's the story out of this one. And it's not the reason why the Lions have lost to the Minnesota Vikings 42 to 30 in a day that saw these two teams, I would say neck and neck with each other until about partway into the third quarter when the offense started to lose pace and the defense just could not keep the Vikings back any further. And it's a bittersweet day. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. had four touchdowns on the day. Pretty much is, I think that's his record, Jeremy. Is that right? Yes, no? He's done it before, but I believe so. Yeah, yeah tie, tying his record for the day. Matthew Stafford hits 40,000 yards in his career. And the Lions fall to a losing record and are now uh, trailing very hard in the NFC North. Bears lost today, too, but now it feels like the Packers lead about four games 
and the Vikings lead of about three almost feels somewhat insurmountable. Uh, this was a day where I feel like the offense really what wasn't the offense did everything you asked the offense to do and the defense somehow just could not keep up. And I don't really, I'll I'll leave it to you. Uh, Jeremy Ryan, which one of you guys wants to start first? Who's, who's ready to fly off the bat? Let, let me jump in here because I want to, I want to I wanna spin this positively in a little way. And it's not me just trying to like be sunshine and rainbows and, and pretend like everything's okay. I'm not going to, sugarcoat the Lions' defensive performance at all. It was bad. But you don't need to hear me saying the defense was bad. Let me tell you what I learned in this game. Because if you heard my first Bite podcast with, with Ryan, uh, you heard, and, and Arif, um, you heard that I said this was a pretty bad matchup for Detroit. They couldn't stop the run. Minnesota's passing offense was a lot better than people were giving them credit for. And this could get ugly. And, you know, this isn't me patting myself on the back, but... Yeah, that's pretty much how the game played out. Now, I certainly expected the Lions' pass defense to be a little bit better in this game. But what did I learn about this team? Well, it wasn't anything on defense. I knew that they couldn't stop the run. I knew that they couldn't provide pressure on a quarterback. Both those things, key in why the Lions lost this game. But here's what I did learn about this team. I learned that this team can succeed offensively and throw 30 on a really, really good Vikings defense. I learned that they can protect this quarterback against two really, really good pass rushers. I even learned that there's maybe a little bit of optimism that the running game could get going because they averaged four yards a carry today. So to me, my biggest takeaway, maybe not my biggest takeaway, but the thing that I learned most from this team today that I didn't know before was this this offense is for real. Like, yes, again, they kind of slowed down in that second half um, like that they have done in previous games. But to me, I was very impressed with the offense. I was very impressed with Matthew Stafford. I, was, I mean, how couldn't you be impressed with Marvin Jones? This is a really good Vikings defense, and the Lions took it to him. They took him, you know, almost front to back, kept pace against a, a really good Vikings offense as well. And so, yes, there are a lot of concerns about this defense, but there are no new concerns about this defense, in my opinion. I mean, of course, the pass defense is going to look a lot worse when your best effort, your best guy that can cover Stefan Diggs, goes out in the second quarter. I mean, I, I don't know. What what else surprised you about this game? Nothing surprised me about this game other than the offense being able to take it to Vi- to the Vikings' defense. Ryan, thoughts, emotions after this game or anything that surprised you to go off what Jeremy's teeing up here? The Lions continue to be the same team that they have been for the entire course of the season. Yeah. Like, there's there's nothing new to... I'm sorry. I promised I wasn't getting out of rant, but here we go. So like go on a rant, go on a rant. That's what opening monologues for. There, there's, there's, there's nothing new to surmise about this team because it is just the same thing week in and week out. It's a hot start on offense. And then it tapers in the second half. And the defense is nowhere near the level at which we thought it was going to be past defense. Yes. I, Totally agree with Jeremy. When Darius Slay goes down, obviously you're going to feel effects of that in the, you know, in the course of the game. However, like maybe Darius Slay shouldn't have been playing today because he was not the Darius Slay that I think we're accustomed to. Yes, he was in position to make a couple of plays, but I thought he got beat pretty bad on the Adam Thielen play. Um, the other play was, you know, he was neck and neck with Stefan Diggs, whatever. 
The thing that I'm most concerned about is the fact that this Lions team cannot do the two things that Matt Patricia said that this team was going to do, that it was going to be able to run the football and then it's going to be able to stop the run. 4.0 yards per carry against this Vikings team does not matter. I don't care about it. Wash it out, throw it away. It doesn't mean a thing to me, the fact that they ran for four yards per carry. What really concerns me is that the Vikings had 503 total yards yeah. and Kirk, Kirk Cousins looked like an MVP today. That's a huge problem. That's a very big problem. And I don't think at this point in the season, if you have two wins, that you can be very optimistic about where this team can go. I understand they have a mild schedule. I understand that they have some winnable games. You have to be able to stop players. You have to be able to stop teams. You have to be able to get stops and you have to be able to execute in the second half. This team isn't doing it. So they're not going, they're they're a, they're, they're, a, they're a good, fun team that can do some things on offense. They can't stop anybody. They're a sieve. Damon Harrison is not the player that he was last year. Sorry. I mean, it is what it is. I, I know he got hurt today, but he's just not the same guy. And Jared Davis, wh- wh- whichever scout from the senior bowl that said that him and Jelani Tavai are two of the best linebackers in all of football, did you see Jared Davis completely just forget about Kyle Rudolph in coverage? because he wanted to double cover a running back coming out of the, coming out of the flat instead of the tight end that was crossing over the middle of the freaking field. Jared Davis is bad. The linebackers are not good. Yeah. The defensive line can't stop anybody. Deshaun hand not playing again after like being a full, like he was a full participant in practice. Wasn't he on? Yeah. Yes, yeah. But they, they weren't full contact this week. Yeah. And you know what? Until he gets back, he's a key cog in the machine. I understand that, you know, if, if you're looking for even a shroud of optimism, now I'm not saying that he's going to completely transform the defense, but he would definitely be a welcome upgrade for a defensive line that just can't do it. And the one other thing real quick is the, the stuff that happened at the end of the game when the game was clearly in hand and Ashawn Robinson wants to go out and be Tommy tough nuts. And he wants to, he wants to all of a sudden like push back against the Vikings defense that brought or a Vikings offense that brought it to him all game long. Sorry, dude. Should have brought that effort all game long. Now you want to be all you would be all pissy about it. Like it's it, it's, just, it's it's nonsense. Like and you know what? Like Matt Patricia gets so much credit for being some kind of like discipline guy. Where's the discipline at the end of this game? Where's the discipline with the offense in the second half? Where's the discipline with the defense throughout the entire course of the game and knowing assignments and and and, and coverage and, and things like that? It's it's bad. It's yeah, not good. And, and I want to just jump off that with coaching. I mean, you you have to start talking about Matt Patricia and this defense and these these issues with the run defense have been clear from the get-go, right? I mean, we've talked about it just about every single week. They've, they've given up at least 100 yards and at least 4.2 carry every single game this year, all six, and nothing has improved. Nothing has improved. And you, you think back to where this team was last year, and, and the, the personnel is arguably better along that it front is. seven than it was last year. And it's getting worse. And I don't know if it's teams found out to tell, if teams know how to just beat Matt Patricia on the ground, but that is the root of all their problems right now. I, I know that's an oversimplifying way to, to look at this, but it is. You saw how successful Minnesota was at play action. Why do you think that is? Because the Lions are doing everything in their pos- everything they possible can to stop Delvin Cook, and they can't tackle him. They can't, you know, plug lanes. They can't do anything. And, and – when you face a team, I think the difference between this game and all the other games in which they can't stop run, you know, running games is that they finally faced a quarterback and a receiving core that, that's above average. Because remember, the only times this defense has really faced a, an above average or good receiver was Keenan Allen. 
And Keenan Allen had a pretty good day against this defense, too. Instead, you get the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill. You get the Packers without Devontae Adams. Now you face Adam Thielen and, and Stefan Diggs, and I know Thielen only paid a quarter and a half. Still scored a touchdown. Still scored a <laughs> touchdown. Um, so when you can't stop the run and you're facing some good receivers, I mean, give Minnesota credit. That's a hell of a team right now. I think arguably the best team in the NFC right now. I think they're certainly the front runners to win the NFC North, even though the Packers are ahead of them and have beaten them once. Uh, but this defense, all things stop and start with the, the, the run defense. I and mean, Matt Patricia will be the first to admit it. And the fact that this unit has not showed any improvement, not a single week of improvement through six games, that's a big concern. Let me get to my rant here because we're now, now I've let you, <laughs> you guys have been spitting fire. I'm taking a seat back, but I want to, I want to get through a couple things here and address a few points that were made. Um, first off, real quick note, because again, I, I feel like I, I don't want to hit on the offense too much, but I feel like this game was pretty much a slugging match offense to offense. And at, at the end of the day, the Vikings just had more juice than the Lions uh, than the Lions did. Stafford, as good as he was in this game, finishes with a lower passer rating than Kirk Cousins. Slightly more yards, interception kind of throws it off. Kirk Cousins is more efficient on his completions, and I'm not going to sit here and say Stafford is worse than Cousins, but he got outdueled a little bit here. However, I uh, I. I hear the positives out of this game. But as I warned after the Chiefs game, I don't think moral victories are enough to sustain this team. Now, I agree with Jeremy. I don't think the season's over, like some people are saying. There's no reason for me to say that here when we're not even out of October, when it's only week seven. There's ways... We've seen teams turn this around before. Prognostication is not good, nor have the Lions shown in their history to be able to turn seasons around unless, say, maybe 2016. But really, how many of those do you have just sitting around in the can waiting to just whip that out? You don't. And I am just, I'm puzzled by what this team wants to accomplish out there some weeks. The offensive uh, identity, I'm glad that it's in receiving. I'm glad that it's through the air because that's the strength of Stafford and that's the strength of the receiving core they have. I don't know if it holds up with the offensive line sometimes. I don't know if the defense can really hold up with their part of the bargain to make sure that you know they can at least get a stop. I don't know if it's fair to ask Matthew Stafford to, to make sure that no drive ever ends with anything less than six points. It'd be nice. You kind of have to put that team on your back sometimes, but there's only so much you can do at the end of the day because this is a game played by 53 men on a roster, 11 men to a side, and your quarterback's not playing on defense. But I can't comprehend watching this team fall for the same play over and over, and after two years, still sits there scratching it, its head and says, huh, how did they do that? Because all Kirk Cousins had to do all day, if he wanted to beat the Lions, play action. You want to kick the Lions' butts in third and short? Play action. You're getting down in distance because of, of, of problems with the referees and the officiating? Play action, baby. 
You can pull it off every time because the lions have no answer for it. They seem befuddled by the very idea they bit every time on the play action. And that brings me to one point, and not to go too far ahead, because there is still a season to play. There are still 10 more games to play, and the Lions can't pull themselves out. But something personal for me, as we've gone back through these years, and allow me to rant a little bit here. Allow me to look ahead just real quick past this year. And I'm just going to say this, and I want this down on my record. I want this down on my record. I want anyone listening to the sound of my voice to mark me down once we hit January. I don't want to hear anyone try to tell me the Lions should spend their top draft capital this coming draft on anything other than a pass rusher. It is killing the Lions not having a a premier pass rusher. It is killing the Lions with their low blitz rate to do anything to put pressure on, on Kirk Cousins. The stats are out there. You put that kind of pressure on Kirk Cousins, he makes mistakes. The Lions were in trouble this game because they'd put no pressure on Kirk Cousins and allowed him to challenge the cornerbacks. And that's fine if you have Darius Slay in there, but it's still up to the mercy of, hey, what if he just goes for those crossing routes? What if he just goes for Mason Rudolph? What if he goes for the play action and you bite on it? But I want a pass rusher. This is getting so damn old watching this defense pretend that it can play man and just sit on that. And it can't. Get a pass rusher. This isn't rocket scientists. Give a pass rusher. Don't go for a Patriots cast off like Trey Flowers. Don't go for a reclamation project like Mike Daniels. Get an actual pass rusher, please. That's all I am asking for 2020. An actual premier pass rusher. And I'm going to beat this drum nonstop for four months in the offseason, Jeremy. I don't want to hear anyone tell me guard. I don't want to hear anyone tell me cornerback. I don't want to hear anyone tell me any other position. Pass rusher. Please, I know there's a bunch of other holes, and those holes exist because we need to start maybe at some point considering Bob Quinn's record on drafting guys because now we're talking about Jared Davis again. I want a pass rusher, man. I just yeah, This isn't a hard ask. Please give me a goddamn pass rusher. This is so infuriating to watch this defense pretend that it doesn't need to blitz, that, it, that it's fine watching these quarterbacks try to throw, and you just have to play mind games and jump their routes. You're, you're not going to do it. You're not going to succeed, Ed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's just going to hurt the whole scheme at the end of the day. Yeah, there, there's a couple of points you had there, and I think they're all right. Um, first of all, the Kirk Cousins things especially. I mean, we saw on the rare occasions in which the Lions did send blitz, and I think they sent more blitz in this game than, than probably any of the other games. But when they got to him, Kirk Cousins made a couple really scary That's throws it. You put in pressure game. on Kirk Cousins, bam. Yeah. Game over, yeah. man. That's it. That's it. And... I mean, the Patriots, I, I remember Patriots fans complaining about this every year too. Like, they're not, why aren't they drafting a pass rusher? Why aren't they drafting a pass rusher? And honestly, Patriots' pass defense probably struggled without it. And, you know, looking back at the first five games of the season, it does kind of seem like maybe the, the play of the secondary was a bit of a house of cards and that, like, it was only a matter of time before someone gave them a challenge they, they couldn't stand up to because the, what this defense was asking of those guys to cover for five, six, seven, eight seconds. Listen, you're not going to have a, a, pa- a pass completion rate third best in the league if you're not getting any pressure. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Lions were entering this game. And guess what? They aren't, they aren't going to be leaving the game as the third best completion percentage defense. And so, I mean, is there an answer this year? Probably not. I know a lot of people are talking like Chandler Jones at the trade trade deadline, things like that. Um, Chandler Jones has his own 
questions to deal with. He hasn't been a very good player in the, since his 10 sack season. Uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, but yeah, I mean, pass, like, I don't know. I, I've said multiple times, like this scheme is more about containment than pressure. It can't be anymore. They need to get pressure. Yeah. If it means sending more blitzes, if it means drafting a first round defensive end pass rusher, they need pressure. It's it's not going to last anymore. And and I still think stopping the run is, is the number one priority right now. And I don't know why it's not succeeding. But pass rush is a close second. And I, I'm going to say this because there is a lot of Lions fans out there right now having some buyer's remorse on TJ Hawkinson. I don't think it's his fault. He only had like 30 yards in this game or whatever. But people are seeing the low numbers from Hawkinson and then looking over at Carolina and saying, we could have had Brian Burns. On this on this pass rush again, sure can't can't but, can't but, can't second guess that. I know, I know. I'm just saying. But, the breaks six, six games into these. Guys I know exactly. No, I I'm totally with you. But I I get where people are. I'm giving the sure. final word to our friend John Whitaker on the staff, um, just to illustrate why this idea that the Lions should be a defensive identity team is failing. Uh, 387 yards versus the Cardinals, 424 yards versus the Chargers. These are yards allowed, by the way. 373 against the Eagles, 438 versus the Chiefs, 506 versus the Vikings. Oh, sorry. And then I've forgotten there, 447 versus the Packers. Eh. As you would say. I mean, there are a lot of issues. Yardage stats are boring. I, I know, but I'm, I'm just I'm saying, like, just quick, nasty, easy to figure out. We could, you know, you could go do a larger breakdown than that. But I just, again, I'm trying to find the DVOA now for Detroit. Um, their DV, DVOA rank was better last week. It was like 12 or so. But still, like, I, I think people are seeing just what it is at the end of the day and just wondering, like, what's going on here. But... There were some positives to this game, as you said, Jeremy, and I don't think this season is over. It's bad right now. It's really bad because I think we were talking about this a little before the show, Jeremy. People's narrative expectations was the Lions were going to be mad because they got hosed by the refs after Green Bay and they were going to come out fire and punish the Vikings. And it didn't happen. Instead, it looks like they just fell flat. But these are narratives. These are narratives. These aren't. These aren't facts. These are just what people see, what people expect. And I think when expectations aren't met, the actual the result from fans is amplified. And that's where we're at right now. That's why we have people saying seven games in, game over. And I don't I, I'm just saying like maybe they turn it around. Prognostication not great. We'll have to see the updated playoff odds. I don't think they'll be great, but you know what? We're here at Pride of Detroit, and we've got to do this anyway. We can't escape, and neither are you. You're, you're stuck in here with us. And we're going to make it as fun as we can for you. So we've had a lot of rage here in the first uh, segment. We're going to take a quick break, chat up our Twitch chat a little bit, get, uh, get everyone's tone and just kind of ease and mellow in. Uh, I think next segment, Jeremy, we're going to talk a little bit about Stafford passing 400,000 yards. We're going to talk about maybe what the Lions... 400,000. What? 400,000? Was I leaving? 40,000. Don't, don't you do <laughs> you that. You zero. I did not. I said 40,000. I said 40,000. No, you did not. <laughs> Adequate man. God damn. All right. I'll have to roll back the tape and I'll see what it was said. But uh, no, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, talk about Stafford, talk about what the Lions can probably do in season to maybe salvage the defense and look ahead to the rest of the schedule and we'll uh, have some Sean Freud about the Bears. Get your questions in right now, Twitch chat. 
I want uh, I want some good juicy questions about this or anything else. Hashtag Ask Pod. We'll be right back on the Pride of Detroit Pod Cast. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back again on the Pride to Detroit POD cast, just having some fun chat in the break with our Twitch followers. Uh, let's see here. Find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. All right, we've uh, kind of ranted on the on the Lions here a little bit. We're all frustrated after that loss because it feels like, Jeremy, the first kind of real loss where you can't just hide behind something and saying, well, if the Lions had done X, Y, and Z just in these small scenarios, they could have won. This was a straight out-and-out loss. 12-point loss just feels like yeah. a hard loss. That, that's... Kind of true and kind of false. I feel I like... I know, I know. You're going to try to play it back I've, here, but I'm not going to let well, you. Well, no, I mean, there was a fourth down conversion that the Lions didn't convert in that instance. You know, they're, they're fighting for a lead late in the game, and if they convert, maybe it plays out a little differently because the Vikings scored a touchdown off of that failed conversion. But, but yeah, overall, I, I don't think you can look at this game objectively and say... This wasn't well, a close loss. Lions, the Lions were the better team. Like, you can't really say that yeah. for this game. Yep, yep. They got I would out, say they it's got a close loss, but I would... I, Yes, I mean the Vikings were clearly the best team on the field today, and and yeah, that's the I think that's the first time this season you can definitively say that. Well, we got the schedule coming up. We've got some people saying the Lions need to run the table. Some people saying can't asking can they run the table? Uh, I don't think this Lions team is what they were in 2016, where they were able to come all those crazy comfort behind wins. I don't think the defense is equipped to really do that, Jeremy. It's not set up to really allow for Stafford to have all those late game heroics. Uh, however, I think there will be some people jumping back on the bandwagon at least because three straight losses will do that to you. But the Lions are hosting the Giants next week, and then they're on the road in Oakland, their final game ever to be played in Oakland against the Raiders, which is always uh, fun to say goodbye to Zazu. Oakland. Thank you, I don't know Zazu. if you heard that, but Zazu was very sad about that. Yeah, very sad to see the Raiders leave Oakland. 
He's a you, you. You raised a silver. You raised a black hole dog, man. Wow. That's uh. That'll be an interesting week then. You're gonna paint. You're gonna help him paint up. I, I guess. I guess we're moving to Vegas. Uh, no objections here, Ryan. <laughs> Pod house I in Vegas. Signed, I just signed a lease for a new apartment, <laughs> and now you're gonna deliver this news to me. Yeah, that's next it. year. Next year. Uh, and then after the Raiders, they ho- they're going on the road against the Bears, and then Cowboys, and then Skins for that. That's not is that Thanksgiving? That Skins game? No, no, no. It's nope. the Bears on Thanksgiving. One. That's right. Bears. Yep. But Second I mean, Bears, there's yeah. there's winnable games on this. Uh, I think the Giants are for real mega trash, and you can definitely put them away <laughs> as long as you don't play down to them. The Raiders, I that's a road game. We're we're gonna have some fun that week because we're gonna have a really good guest for. Uh, first bite i know i'm like hyping it up and assuming i'm gonna get this guy now but uh i've got some plans in the work for that first bite but that's that's where we're at right now at least with those two games bears i mean man who trusts the bears after today after watching them get drubbed by the uh the new orleans saints the only the only positive i I can say about the bears is that they are the one nfl team that seems to be able to recover onside kicks Proving they, wrong. I mean, they're going to shoot up in their special teams DVOA this week. Yeah, yeah, but no. I mean, I, I do want to look forward here and, and talk about some of these games and, and where do lines go from here? Because yeah, like you said, we're kind of already getting both spectrums here of like line season is over, pack it in. They needed to win this game; it's over. I think those people need to chill out a little bit. Lions have only played six games this season. There's still ten left on the schedule. Uh, but at the same time, there are people like, well, you know, look, let's look at the schedule. They could potentially run the table, go six and zero in the next six or something like that. I'm not saying either the, any of those are are true or false, but I think the they definitely have the opportunity to rebound and you know get to a point where they're maybe five three and one or four three and one or four four and one and you know back in this. Now a lot of people in the chat are making good point in that this is a really competitive NFC. There are a lot of really, 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 really good teams that that aren't going to make the playoffs probably. Um, You you look at the team like the Saints that are mowing people down. You look at the Vikings. You look at the Packers. Mowing. Look at the 49ers are under whatever. Chill. Uh, Dallas is taking it to Philly, but I'm sure by the time this goes out, they'll probably have lost that lead. Who knows? Either way, the point is the NFC is very competitive, and the Lions are probably going to have to win 10-ish games. And the entire the NFC, playoffs. the entire NFC North is competitive right now too. I know the Bears just suffered a loss; and they still have a better record than the Lions because they don't have a tie. Right. But yeah, I mean, so if we're talking about the Lions winning ten games this season, now we're facing a scenario in which they have to go eight, eight and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that sounds pretty unlikely. Um, more specific, some of these games you mentioned the Giants, you mentioned the Raiders, two good matchups for the, or I should say two good potential bounce back games, but you also have to consider the matchups because I told you this Vikings game was a bad matchup. And why was that? Delvin cook in the running game. Well, guess what? Come Saquon. Saquon. Here comes Saquon. He's saying he's feeling good, man. The Raiders can run the ball really well Mm -hmm. too. So don't look past these first two weeks first. I mean, like if this team is going to go eight and two down the stretch, they're going to have to improve the run defense now. Like right now, because next week's going to be a challenge. The Raiders are going to be an even bigger challenge on the road. I, I feel like you shouldn't just like mark that one as a dub because 
that Raiders team can run the ball and Lions can't run, stop the run right now. Yeah, and the Bears learned that pretty quickly too when it came to uh, playing the underestimating those yes. the Bears and the Colts. And the Colts look really good today too. And again, the the Raiders were on the road and beat the Colts. So this is uh, it's going to be rough. But again, I think they're at least winnable. I'm saying like there's no reason for people to be saying, "All right, it's time to tune out. It's time to watch the Pistons. It's time to watch the Red Wings." No, 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 no. We still got plenty of football to play. And I'm not going to be the eternal hopeful one. I'll tell you when I feel game, then it's time to roll the Sega Rallycross game over. Yeah, sound. I'll, I'll let you know when it's time for that. Right now, though, it's not. Plenty of football to play. Uh, we could still see one of these teams melt down in front of them in the NFC. I think Chicago's on its way to melting down. I think I could probably maybe say that. Yeah. I think I mean they're they're in a serious hole too. Let's not get ourselves. Like, you thought, what, three, you three thought the Lions had problems establishing the run. Holy God! And and the problem with the problem with the Bears is if they can't establish the run, they got nothing. No, they they've they got, got Allen Robinson. Yeah. Well, the problem is you can have all the receivers you want, but if you have Mitchell Trubisky as your quarterback, Mitch. or as Mon- or as Monster likes to call him, the White Jamarcus Russell. Um, you're probably going to have a bad time. One of my favorite quotes from Matt Nagy after this game that they just played against the Saints was, I really thought our run game would be better. Nagy, you ran the ball five times with running backs. Tariq Cohen had 10 yards on the day, and he had Saints defenders clowning him, putting their hand above their head as if to say, like, you must be this tall to ride this run. <laughs> You must be this tall to acquire yards per carry above four. Like the, bear, the Bears are pretty bad. The Bears are pretty bad. And I agree with this overall assessment of like, yes, does the schedule get a little bit easier? Does it get a little bit more mild? Yes, it does. But like Jeremy said, the, the matchups are what you need to focus on. Mm. Like you cannot look past the fact that the Giants have Daniel Jones, a human trash can at quarterback, you can't you can't overlook that because there's Saquon Barkley. And right. what's the Lions' biggest problem at this point? I'm not worried about them scoring points. No, I'm really not. They've shown you could they can do that. The offense is fine. They they're that. excused from this from this three uh, minutes of hate. I wouldn't say they're fine. They need to show up in the second half yeah. in a way that they haven't in the past three weeks. Um or four weeks, I guess. We were in the past three games. But for sure, like if, if there's anything to be like concerned about, it's the fact that the Lions can't stop anybody. Yeah, well, it, they couldn't tonight. I mean, it's it's one thing when you're going up against Dalvin Cook too, but yeah, it it was in both phases when it came to the offense. They couldn't stop anyone through the air. They couldn't stop anyone on the ground either. So yeah. I just and and that's I think maybe that's the reason why a game like the Giants and Raiders might match up a little better is because they don't have that crazy passing attack that the Vikings, I mean, people, people underestimate. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is a great passer or not, but he came in this game with the second highest quarterback rating in the league. Mm-hmm. So let, let's not, let's, let's make sure we're giving the Vikings at least a little bit of credit in this game. And, and, you know, you look, you know, human trash can next week. Derek Carr and and can I name a receiver on the Raiders right now? No, I cannot. Uh, so there, there's hope that this defense rebounds a little bit in the media. And I, I mean, and then you got the Bears, Duh, Bears, another human trash can at quarterback. 
there, there's hope yet for this uh, for this defense, and certainly for for a potential rebound in the next few weeks. So I'm, I'm not losing hope. I'm not saying the season's over. Eight and eight and two is a, is a hard ask for this team in the final ten stretches. And I'm not saying I believe that they'll happen or that there is a, even a good chance of it. But I'm just I'm just not counting anything out at this because as you mentioned, Chris, like some of these teams might start sucking. Seattle had a horrible game today against the Ravens. Maybe they slide. Who knows? Um, Can I? Maybe nine six and one is, is good enough to to make it team make it to the playoffs and is seven three possible with this team i think so they've been competitive in every single game this season i don't know can i give you a name that i'm just i'm scouting the raiders real quick while you're talking um let me give you a name you're going to immediately start to worry about as we start to plan our first bite darren waller tight end who had 126 yards on the day against the uh the Packers in the losing thing, but he's up there in the receiving yards. And who was who was sure. given fits to the Lions today? Mason Rudolph, tight end. Oh, everybody. Kyle Rudolph. <laughs> Kyle Rudolph. My my bad. My bad. Um. Yeah, well, Smith. here's the thing about the next three games too: the quarterback matchups. I would give the Lions the quarterback edge in every single one of these games. Mm-hmm. So is and and this is unfair to do. But if the defense is going to continually play like Basura, quotes to and all credit given to Chris Perfett, if they're going to continue to do that, then Matthew Stafford needs to, as he said in the post game press conference, like, like, he he like he needs to be better, like he needs to like he needs to finish the game. It's I mean it's a tough ask because the dude play is playing still out of his mind in general. I mean like the first half that he had against the Vikings defense is the best he's ever performed against the Vikings defense, maybe ever. Yeah. And I, Stafford quote today, I wasn't able to get it done. Yeah. And I know that he's, he's up there and he's being the face of the franchise and Stafford sound bites rarely ever amount to anything. But I think that's a, I think that's a very valid point considering that, like you mentioned, Jeremy, that fourth down play, if that, if that, you know, if that play gets converted and the Lions are back to, you know, driving towards another another score, which every single time they got in the red zone, they scored points. Yep. Maybe the Matthew Stafford from 2016 that Chris talks about that I so lovingly remember, those games in which the Lions just happened to always have the ball last and were always able to put points on the board, whatever they needed to do to get a win, they did. They did. Well, maybe Matthew Stafford feels like this defense. All right, if this defense isn't going to be what it's going to be, well, then it's going to be 2016, and it's going to be up to me to win the game, and it's going to be up to me to put to put things away. I yeah. I do wonder about that though, because sometimes in 2016, what helped set those up was the defense did start playing out of its mind in the fourth quarter, and getting those stops allowed Stafford to have those late game heroics. Or in the case of that Thanksgiving game in 16, it was big play slay making the late game interception to set up for the game winning field goal. Like, sure. I mean, yeah, it wasn't just Stafford that year, but yeah, but that's what I mean. Like the lions were closers that year. And I just, I, I I want to see that again. And they need to be closers again here in this. That's yeah. I agree. That's the one thing that the offense hasn't done though. Like all year. Mm. I mean, they did against the chart. They did it against the chargers. They did against the chiefs, but then the defense didn't show up. How how did the Lions win the Chargers game in the end? A, well, they won. A, 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 a defensive play, right? Right, but they were down in the fourth quarter and scored a touchdown before that. 
Yeah. Okay. But I, I'm just saying, like, how how the offense how the offense play in the second half against the Cardinals? Right. But uh, he, I guess. What about the Chiefs game? Packers, Vikings. They scored the game-winning touchdown against the Chiefs with three minutes ago, but oh. defensive. Well, and here's the thing: to to Chris's point is we had a chance at a Matthew Stafford comeback on Monday night that got robbed of us. Yep. I think the narrative changes completely if, again, like that that's all that cha- needs to change is that narrative. You know me, I like narrative. I like studying it. I'm not I'm not trying to paint my own narratives here. I'm just saying like I just mm-hmm. I enjoy how it's been going for the Lions so far. The final picture will be painted in the end. It just But this is what happens when you have three straight losses before the end of October. It just out people start to worry about things and as you say when the NFC is this competitive it's hard not to like there there's real stories of despair in the NFL right now unfortunately a lot of those just happen to be in the AFC be it the Bengals or the Dolphins or the Chargers who found a brand new way to lose today that I've never seen before in my life or it's like Washington or the Falcons the Lions aren't on that level, but they could very well be if they don't handle their business very soon before the start of October. You know the Bengals have been outrushed by their opponents 1,323 oh, yards to 372. I know, I know. I, I, if the Dolphins weren't historically bad, we would be talking about the Bengals in probably some of the worst terms possible. They're just awful. They're just un- I, I, I am curious. I don't know. Ryan, you're a betting man. Right now, who who would you take is probably more likely to end up 0 and 16, the the Dolphins or the Bengals? I would say the Bengals because I don't see them beating anybody in their division. I feel like the Dolphins could squeak one out. Yeah, it feels like the Dolphins could maybe steal a Jets game or something. Yeah. They play the Bills or again. A Bills too. game. They, they play the Bills again. Game. Yeah, again in uh, here coming up in uh, Miami. Bills. Bills are elite though. Hold on. We do know that the Bengals oh. play the Dolphins, yes, right? that's right. On the yep. 22nd. Yep. Like, is there any better Christmas gift than that? <laughs> and I know, I know they're not going to turn around and win after that because the uh, the the Dolphins end their season against the Patriots. The Bengals end their season after that against the Browns. So maybe the Bengals could yeah. win that game against the Browns and screw everything up, but doubt it. Did yeah. we just turn into a Bengals podcast no, for a second? No, what just but happened? <laughs> I, I've learned I've well, learned from doing overnights on Fox Sports Radio with uh, my guy Andy Furman. Somehow Cincinnati sports makes its way into everything. It's it's a disease. You can't I, stop it. I don't know, man. I don't know. No one I know lives in Cincinnati. It just happens. We end up talking about Cincinnati somehow, man. So speaking about diseases, and to bring this back to the Lions real quick, okay. the thing about them losing three games in a row like this, especially with <clears throat> their bye week coming after the Chiefs game, it's a battle of attrition right now. And, and Chris, I agree with you. You look around the NFL landscape, and there are a lot of other teams that are hurting in really bad ways. The Lions have a lot of injuries they're dealing with, and they don't get time to rest anytime soon. Yeah, it, it was mean, funny because going into the bye, we didn't see a lot of these problems, and then as soon as it came out of the bye, bam, bugs starts to happen. Slay goes down. Uh, 
you know, hand hands got more problems from understand. I'm I don't have the injury report in front of me, so I'm flubbing here real quick. Carry on, carry on, carry Johnson, on Johnson. Yeah, knee injury. Uh, Snacks has a little groin thing apparently that happened. Came back and played, still ineffective. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's an important point to bring up though that they have now they have they have twelve a twelve week stretch. They're already two in zero oh and two. Now we're expecting them to potentially go eight and two with no breaks. Yeah. Your, your only break being after a short week on Thanksgiving. I don't want, I yeah. don't want injuries to become the excuse for the lions this year though, is what I would say about that. Especially since we've seen multiple times, they keep talking about that. They're going to build depth too. So, I mean, losing slay, it's terrible, but we still, you still have Justin Coleman out there. You'd hope he'd do all right. Had some decent plays in yeah. this game. And we'll see. I mean, it didn't appear, I, I would assume, and, this is probably bad on my part that Slay's injury was just re-aggravating that hamstring injury that he missed a game with. And so yeah, I mean, it was probably it was something said, he's going to have to deal with the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, even Schefter at, you know, those, those 4 a.m. Eastern news dumps, the only note I got there was like, Oh, Darius Slay likely to play today. That was the only news we got from lions Vikings. So I'm just like, all right, I'm not going to write this. And what happens? We don't see a lot of Slay today. So just it's rough. Before man. we go, can yeah. I just can I talk about one thing in this game that bothered me? And Two it's minutes. not a huge yep. thing. Why didn't the Lions onside kick it? Three minutes left. You're down. What was it? Five at that point. Mm-hmm. Why in the world are you giving the ball back to your defense? Um, we, did you they, see how the defense was playing the entire game? Give yourself an opportunity to steal a possession. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I have way more trust in Matt Prater converting an onside kick or Sam Martin converting an onside kick than the defense stopping the Vikings. Yeah. I, I agree, but I guess by the numbers and by the book, and you know that Patricia's a traditionalist and he would never do anything that isn't, you know, he wouldn't do anything that isn't in the book. Right. He, they had they had two timeouts and they had, you know. Right. They, they, I think they may even had three at that point. And they, they certainly, by the book, might have, could have yeah. and should have gotten the ball back, but... Like I said, I mean, you have to, you have to not always go by the book and not always go by your philosophy and be situational in your decision making. Situationally Ooh. speaking, that team was not playing good defense, and I mean, everyone in the world could see that the Vikings were going to run the clock out, and they essentially did. Yeah, and and that's the thing, right? Is that well, I mean, that's another discussion for another time because we're probably running low on minutes. But Matt Patricia and not making adjustments from yep. Well, everything yeah. everything Jeremy is saying there too, and you, Jeremy and you, Ryan, are saying there too about, you know, he's a traditionalist, he's set in his ways. I notice it in the games. I notice it when it's like, okay, cool, we've got, you know, a three, seven point lead. I'm going to lean on the defense to do the day. We've been talking about how that's been a pitfall for the Lions, <laughs> where they suddenly just get conservative. And it feels like, once again, this is this old school vision for the team that just does not work in 2019. You got to update yourselves, man. There's teams out there running, uh, throwing out their run pass option. There's teams out there, you know, the the Cardinals have now won three straight, bringing the air raids, the NFL, which I never thought I would see the day. Uh, there's so many teams are adapting more and more college systems to the fact that they can just plug in some of these quarterbacks who would never have the time of day in in seasons past. Now they can just plug in those quarterbacks and be fine. And here you are wanting to go backwards in time. I don't think it's going to work out for the Lions. I never thought it was going to work out for the Lions. And 
Unfortunately, we're getting some proof, but maybe we'll see. Maybe they'll wake up, come to their senses. Maybe Daryl Bevel will figure something out. Maybe Pasqualoni gets fired as a sacrificial offering. I don't know. We'll just have to see. What we are going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to play mailbag a little bit and uh, get us out of here. Pride to Detroit PODcast moves into the home stretch. When we come back, stick around. Mail time. Hashtag ask POD. As always, get your questions in. We will take it. We will take anything. We will, you can ask us literally about anything. Doesn't even need to be about the Lions. Sometimes it's better when it's not about the Lions. Uh, Ryan had to step away. He's out for the rest of the show, so we'll be taking over for him. And I've got a few questions saved up from <laughs> Twitch chat already and a few from Twitter. So, Jeremy, let's get into it. Paul, Car- let's Paul Carlin seventy nine asking us. Anyone know where Trey Flowers is? Did Mike Daniels eat him? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's early in Trey Flowers' Lions career, so I'm not going to say it's a waste of money yet. But uh, I think a lot of people expected more out of him, and they should. Um, he was a guy who created a lot of pressure for the Patriots and he hasn't done as much this year. He, he's a guy that tends to show up on film when you look back at games and you don't notice it live, but that's not good enough for what the Lions are paying him. He needs to be more. He, he needs to be the pass rusher guy that the Lions were hoping he was when they signed him. And, and he does some other stuff well, and he's a, he's a guy that you can play for 60, 70, 80% of snaps, and he'll give it your all for every single one of those. But the truth is he doesn't have a lot of great pass rushing moves and he hasn't been good enough. And, and we, we've, I mean, we've exhausted our breath. I think about how bad this, this pass rush is right now. And, and he's a big reason for it. Yeah. And I mean, I even said at the start, like Trey flowers and is not the type of pass rush answer I want moving forward. I don't mind if he's still on the team, but I'm just saying like, I don't want I want actual draft capital spent on the pass rush. I don't want to be told, oh, yeah, we can just get this guy who was cast off from the Patriots. It'll totally work out. He was he was fine with the Patriots. There's a reason why the Patriots are letting him go. There's a reason why the Patriots are letting him go. I'm sorry. That's it. Like, come on. All right. Uh, let's see here. Next question I have here from Lions Wow. Can we finally call Jared Davis a bust? If, I mean, if you're so eager to throw that <laughs> label around and, and call people names, sure, go for it. But he hasn't been playing well for, for two and a half seasons now. He's not good. I don't know why people are so eager to, to throw out insults like that, but, yeah, he's been bad. Sure. If you want to call people bust, if you're the kind of person that likes calling people bust online, have at it. I'm not going to stop you anyways. You're going to do it. I think at some point there is such a thing as a bus. I just don't know if we're there yet. Uh, he definitely hasn't pieced it together yet, though. That's for sure. And it's uh, getting late. It's getting late. And I'm curious to see if he'll be able to get it in there. All right. Uh, David A. Mara wanting to ask us. He's got a couple questions here. 
Uh, I'm going to take this one. Can you convince me that the season is not over? We, we, we talked we about talked it about already. It. We talked about it. Long story short, winnable games coming up. Uh, Lions with some tough matchups, but it's only been six games. You've got ten more to go. And, and they've they've been competitive every week. They've they've yeah. held the lead, or I feel like they've held the lead in every single game this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Yep. Yeah, I I at this point, like, I'm not ready to say it's game over yet. We we probably probably if they keep losing until the halfway point of the season, then maybe we could like week nine, maybe then we can say game over. But not yet, man. Not yet. Uh, uh let's see here. I want this question from Cordy Aaron. How depressing is it on a scale of 1 to 10 that the 2019 Lions are off to a worse start than the 2018 Lions after six games? Yeah, they were 3-3 three and three after that Dolphins game mm-hmm. last year. Well, here's the thing. like Everyone told me after that game, or at least after the game after that when they lost to the Panthers, that like, or the, the Seahawks, I should say, they were sure like the Lions were done. They should trade Golden Tate. Like, that was all the right move. So, are you saying that – I mean, yes, line stands right now, and they probably say the same thing about this season. I, I can guarantee you that a lot of them say that about this season. But, I mean, it's depressing, sure. It's it's a 7, 8 out of 10 depressing because I think this team is a lot better than they were last year. Um, It's interesting because I think a lot of their weaknesses are different from where they were last year. But, uh, overall – yeah, I mean, this team should be better than two, three, and one, and they're not. Yeah, yeah, and I've I've said this before: short order, short menu in sports, wins and losses, and they can be better. But I don't know. Like as you say, it's not a complete despair story, like say the Falcons. But it's just it it. I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes, like because you if you are dialed in this team, it's like yeah, these these guys could be better, and they're just not. So. It's rough. It's rough in these streets. All right. Question for myself from at New Zealand Lion, who's being very New, New Zealander here. He's being, he's being a prime Kiwi in asking us this question. Who has the better dynasty? The New Zealand All Blacks or the New England Patriots? And Jeremy is looking very confused right now. Do you even know what the New Zealand All Blacks are, Jeremy? I do because we talked about this question beforehand. Oh, yeah, that's right. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> you told me it's a rugby team, and so I have no yeah, opinion on this. It's the national rugby team of New Zealand. They are very dominant. Uh, I'm just trying to remember how many World Cups they've won. I mean, it's a little harder because it's only ever four years or so. Uh, man, nobody touches New Zealand. That's the thing. Like that. That. That's. That's in, in rugby. Nobody stops New Zealand. I know this is not going to fall on deaf ears for our American audiences and everything, and they're going to say the Patriots and the Patriots have won a lot. But I mean, it, I uh, the news the All Blacks don't lose; they rarely, rarely lose. I, I think they're the better dynasty. Rugby World Cup is still going on. We're into the quarterfinals right now. I think we're about to the semifinals. Um, I like rugby. What can I say? You like rugby, and you still don't know whether they're into the semifinals or not. That's no, they are because I was watching. I was watching the last quarterfinal last night. It's just that I happen to be exhausted because I've been working overnights, and these come on when I'm working well, those overnights. I, I was watching Japan and uh, South Africa last night. 
Let me explain what a try is. Please do not talk five more seconds about rugby. I will give you three more seconds about rugby. Cole at Good Looks Coon is asking us. He says he loves Stafford, want him to retire as a lion. But honestly, do you think if he played for the Jags, Bills, Bears, etc., would he thrive any better? Is is the implication there a, a place with a defense? I, I think that's the implication. I think the question you should be asking is, would there be a place where he would thrive better if he had a better offensive line? I don't know, man. I don't think the offensive line is playing all that bad right now. I thought, but I mean, like historically, historically, like he he hasn't really had great offensive lines. The reason Matthew Stafford lost this game is the defense. Period. I mean, you score thirty points against the Vikings off a defense that should be a win nine times out of ten. And so, if Matthew Stafford was on a team that could hold the Vikings offense to below thirty points, then yeah, he would succeed better there. That's my answer. I'm trying to think of some good places where he could have been playing um, elsewhere without giving him too much of a world-beater team. Uh, Seattle. Maybe, Seattle right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's better than Russell Wilson. No. But I think I think at the same time, him. maybe I think we hype up Russell Wilson a little too much at the same time. So I don't know how to do that calculus. Uh, what 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 if when he was with the Bengals at like the height of their no 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 not the Bengals right now but like yeah, yeah. the Bengals of about five years ago when they had Marvin Jones and AJ Green and a pretty a pretty stout defense and uh, like I'm just saying replace yeah. Andy Dalton wholesale in that offense with with Matthew Stafford. I mean hell, just put him on the freaking Vikings. That team yeah. has a running game and a defense. Yep, put him on any Vikings team of the past. Six, seven years, and they make the Super Bowl. Tell me I'm wrong. I think it works. I think it works. I'd be curious how he'd be dealing with pressure when, uh, with some of that O-line yeah, problems that the Vikings has. But, yeah, other than that, True. like, I'm, I'm there. Curious, uh, curious if we replaced J- uh, Smoke and Joe Cutler with him, but now we're just into blasphemy territory now. I get complaints if I don't stop talking. Um, let's see here. I've got a new question in from uh, Icy King 26 who is better, Gordon Ramsay at punting or Peter Piper at point guard? What are we talking about? What? <laughs> I love. Was there like a video of Gordon Ramsay punting, or are we just speculating how good Gordon Ramsay is at? Is punting Peter stuff? Piper even even a real person? I don't know. I know he packed a bunch of pickled peppers. See, this is I, I worry every time we get into this territory because suddenly it's like, hey, are we showing our age at all? Are we uh Probably. Are, but I don't know. I, I'm looking around and all I see something is about Peter Piper pizza. So I got a question here from Nightwolf698. Yes. Okay. Why did we look better defensively against better quarterbacks like Aaron and Mahomes, but cousins like the best looks like the best one? Because I think in the case of the, some of those, I would say the coverage was like that. That's the thing is that we watched Mahomes drop back to pass and he's looking for open receivers. And on those days, coverage was better because he's got to throw deeper downfield to wideouts. Whereas when it came to the to the Vikings, they had weapons in close in close receiving like Rudolph. Um, yeah, 
I, I think that has something to do with it. We talked about it early in the podcast too. I, I think the lines were a little bit fortunate not to face some of the better wide receivers, especially, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't have Devonte Adams. Patrick Mahomes didn't have Tyreek Hill. Vikings were full strength for some of this game. Obviously Thielen got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing is just the running game was particularly bad today. The, the run defense was particularly bad and the Vikings are a team that knows how to take advantage of that. They're a really good pass play action team. Um, and the Lions just, I mean, they were becoming so desperate in trying to stop the run. And I think that was probably their primary um, goal in this game. And then they started devoting more and more resources to it. And then they have their guys on an Island. Stefan Diggs is a top 10 receiver in this league. So was Adam Thielen. So this team was going up against top two, two top 10 receivers um, for some of the game, at least. And uh, it showed those are some really good guys. Yep. Absolutely. Sorry. I'm dealing. My cat just jumped up here. I showed him a little bit on Twitch. He's decided he wants up here and he's decided he's going to fit up here. So I'm trying to like make sure nothing falls over while we're talking. Um, let's see here. We've got some blowback from Twitch chat about the rugby stuff. Steve's Tabor. What is worse content? Wrestling talk or rugby talk? I'm going to be honest. Wrestling talk. That's like multiplying zero by infinity. It's still zero. I think at this point, wrestling talk, because like I've been around some guys who are now just nonstop bitching about WWE and uh, I'm done with it. So good boy. No, I I still watch. I just don't want to do the week. Like I've just, I've got grown tired of the day in day out stuff. I think, I think we stopped being able to annoy you with it too. So you're getting close now. Yep. What are we going (laughs) to talk? Well, you want me to talk about AEW a little bit? Nope. Uh, I got another question from Night Wolf. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good here. Why did we not make adjustments to protect the middle of the field for some of those play action passes? Bleeping beats me. I think they did. I think early in this game, they started out in a lot of man coverage. And when they learned that these are some really talented receivers, they did a lot more zone in this game. I'm guessing they did more zone in this game than any other of the previous games. But guess what? When you can't get pressure, the opposing quarterback is going to pick apart those zones with ease. And so the Lions, I mean, when you can't pressure the quarterback, when you can't stop the run, when you can't cover man-to-man against really good receivers, you're out of ideas. You're out of choices. You can send all the guys you want, which the Lions didn't really do all that much in this game, but uh, eventually the, the coverage is going to catch up to you. And so I'm not saying the Lions coaches should be let off the hook, but they certainly tried other things than they normally do in this game, and that didn't work. Uh, would, would you lion? Uh, I can't pronounce it right. Just, you know, that was close enough. Close enough. Uh, what do you think about the Pistons? We were talking a little bit during the break before Ryan had to take off. What do you feel about the Pistons right now? Season starts on Tuesday. I could probably name one player on the team. So that's, who is it? that's my opinion. Is, who, who is it? Uh, Blake Griffin nailed it. Okay. I'll give it to you. Boom. Roasted. You don't know anyone else? Mm, I'm pretty sure that Andre Drummond guy is still there. That Andre Drummond guy. Is that right? They win? Yep. Yep, you're good. Boom. You're fine. Roasted. Bango. Uh, I'm running out of questions here, so maybe we should just... Uh, we'll wrap it up here. I'm, I'm kind of overheating a little bit, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit with our Twitch chat, and then we'll get out of here. So thanks, everyone, for listening to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, we'll be back here with First Bite, and then next week on the show, promise you, we'll have Why You Lion. We're going to have a 
special mystery guests and a lot more stuff. And maybe I'll be in a little better shape and I'll, because I'll actually have some sleep. So we're going to, uh, so as they say on, on, um, around the horn, I'm not around the horn. As they say on PTI, we'll try to do better next time. Thank you everyone. See you star side. 